0: Hello, welcome to my podcast, The Rise and Fall of the Qing Dynasty, Cup of Solid Gold, and this is Episode 8, Forgotten Emperor. This next emperor that I'm going to talk about is sandwiched between his father and his son, both of which had very long reigns of 60 years or more. Together, the three of them, father, son, and his son, account for nearly 50% of the Qing dynasty. So it's huge. As I stated in the last episode, this emperor I'm going to talk about was the fourth son of Kangxi to live to adulthood. And he was born December 13th, 1678 in Beijing. His name, his given name would have been Yinjin, So his full name was Aishin Jialo Yinjin, But I'm going to use his more common and his official name, Yongjen. And he would reign about 13 years, so a very short reign. From December of 1722 to October of 1735. And he's easily forgotten for the following reasons. He had a very short reign. He was bookend by long reigns held by his father and his son. Also, his reign, characterized by a relatively peaceful time in China, and for at least the first half of his reign, he had to deal with questions regarding his legitimacy to the emperor position over the succession crisis that was caused by his father's death. I think this is a good place to begin this this episode, is to talk about that succession crisis and I had mentioned this regarding Kangxi's sons, these questions, these legitimacy questions of Yongjin would haunt him, his entire reign. And still today, you read the historical journals, and there are still constant rumors of his nefarious actions that he allegedly took to secure the throne, to keep the throne, And how he silenced dissenters for such things. And his chief dissenters really center on three groups of people. Some of his brothers, high-ranking court officials, and some in academia. Some of the sampling of the rumors and allegations that followed Jen. Not all of them had to do with questioning his legitimacy to the succession, to the ascension to the throne. But these are just rumors, allegations that seem to follow him around. And some of these are still discussed today. Number one, it was rumored that he had killed his father, that he gave his father, when he was dying, poisoned ginseng soup. Another rumor was that he killed his brothers that he troubled his mob, that he executed court officials, that he was a womanizer, that he was a murderous drunk, that he was greedy, and that he surrounded himself with sycophants, that he altered official records to hide his bad deeds and to bolster his character. Needless to say, there come a point in Yong Jen's reign when he had had enough of all this, and he ended up eventually charging and arresting at least three of his brothers for usurpation and disobedience. He stripped them of their titles and their banners, and at least one of the brothers was expelled from the family, and he imprisoned the others. Yongzhen reassigned their banners and directed that all the remaining bannermen were to attend training on what it was to have duty, honor, and obedience. And this seemed to work. It seemed to unify the other bannermen so that he never had trouble from the bannermen again during his life. As for court officials, there were primarily two of them, and I mentioned both of these in the last episode. One was Longkuda, and the other was Nan, Kanyao, both high-ranking court officials. Let's start with Nian Gangyao. He was a political military leader at the time in the Sichuan province, and Yongzhen and he were friends. But he supported, that is, Nian Gangyao supported one of the three disgraced, disloyal brothers. And so Yongzhen fell suspicious on him. And he was eventually arrested and charged, demoted, charged with over 90 crimes, and was sentenced to beheading. Yongjen, however, committed him to forced suicide, where he died in 1726. The other court official, Longkwada, again, you remember him from the last episode. Yongjen and him were friends. He was chief of the Peking local police and he was in charge of the palace guard. Jen however, grew suspicious of him for some of the same reasons that he grew suspicious of the other fellow. That Longquida supported Nian during his troubles. And in 1727, Longquida was found in possession of family genealogy records. He was arrested. Demoted and convicted over, of over forty crimes, some of which of those crimes were possessing possession of genealogical records, bribery, usurpation. And he was sentenced to death by slicing, which the Chinese word for it is lingchur, death by a thousand cuts. Yongjhen, however, commuted it to life in prison, where Longkwada died a year later after imprisonment in 1728. But in each one of these cases, he may have had legitimate reasons that had nothing to do with his succession to the crown. As for the decision of his father to pick Yongzhen, the records support that decision. They give credence to why his father chose him. One was... Yongzhen's mother was one of Kangxi's favorite, so it makes sense that he would be favored. Another, Yongzhen did not openly, if at all, get involved in palace intrigue as his other brothers did to curry favor with Kangxi. And three, according to some sources, Yongzhen's conception and birth. There were auspicious omens at the time that portended his success and the family would have noticed these and this would have been good for his future another is that kangxi nurtured him more and saw him and received saw to his education and gave him a good education also kangxi appointed him to one of the trusty baila positions at a very young age kangxi also entrusted yongjen with numerous special projects, particularly the Yangtze and Yellow River flooding rehabilitation and the success in doing that. He accompanied his father many times on official travels. He also assisted and stayed with his father while his father was fading away on his deathbed. Maybe most importantly, on his deathbed, Kangxi had the meeting with his sons where he allegedly had verbally praised Yongzhen as a man of moral character designated him as heir apparent i'm not aware and did not come across of any historical records suggesting that any of these witnesses that on that deathbed evening refuted any of this also it's highly unlikely that Yongzhen would have altered the last will and testament as it was written in at least four languages. However, I realize even that can be explained away with stuff such as jealousy, that there, of course, was a lot at stake, the the emperorship of China. He could certainly take advantage of the uncertainty with all of this. Yongzhen ended up changing the succession protocol where there would be no public declaration of who the crown prince would be. It would be secret. It would be written down and sealed in a locked box at the imperial palace and only opened on on the death of the emperor. Very similar, and if not the same thing that his father did. So unfortunately, the succession questions and his legitimacy to the throne really haunted him throughout his entire reign and the irony of that is that it seemed like he was a pretty decent emperor he was a workaholic like his father efficient vigorous well-educated he fought corruption vigorously he imposed systematic administrative administrative changes to the qing government to prevent corruption and instituted a snitching network, and I'll get into that a little bit later in this episode. At the time of his succession, Yongzhen found the treasury was badly depleted. So Yongzhen studied the matter and determined that the issue was from embezzlement by tax collection officials. So he granted amnesty to collect the sums that were owed to Qing, and guilty persons turned themselves in and revealed their schemes and revealed other schemes and other guilty persons. Overall, this was, appeared to be a success. And by Yongzhen's death, the treasury had replenished itself. There was more money in it then than at any time during Kangxi's rule, his father's rule. Of course, during Yongzhen's reign was a relatively peaceful time in China, and it was also a very short reign. There were no major incidences to test any of this. Yongzhen also consolidated the administrative state and concentrated more power in the emperor. Some saw, however, him as a despot, ruthless, that his civil reforms, however good intended they were, were bound to upset someone and upset things. He also implemented agricultural reforms to stabilize food issues. He furthered China's frontier program to promote more stability in the farthest reaches of China. There are many historians that have argued his reforms ushered in a modern major country. Territorially, Yongzhen settled the southwest region of China, which had long been unsettled. He also hastened the further population of Taiwan, or at least parts of it. In 1727, he negotiated the Kayakta Treaty between China and Russia, and this treaty stood until the mid-19th century, and it established trade relations between China and Russia. It also established the northern border of Mongolia, which was part of China then. The treaty helped China expand to the west and to the north and annexing what is now Xinjiang province, which is north and west of China, in China, the north and west part of China. Some of the more interesting edicts that Yongzhen did during his reign was he banned the smoking of madak, which was a tobacco-opium mixture and blend. Most interesting was the expansion and more reliance on what he called the secret palace memorials. And basically, this was an end around the clunky administrative systems that was used in the past to report misconduct or questionable people or practices. Instead, it streamlined the ability of someone to come directly to the emperor to make such allegations, cutting out a lot of the intermediaries, making it more efficient. Yongzhen died unexpectedly on October 8, 1735. He was 57, and he's buried in one of the Qing tombs southwest of Beijing. The official cause of his death is unknown, so we have to assume it was by natural causes. But that did not stop the rumors. And some of the rumors of his death or cause of his death are that he was murdered by a daughter of a man that he allegedly executed. Another rumor is that he accidentally poisoned himself to death, that he'd been taking for many, many years an elixir that he believed gave him immortality. After his death, it was revealed he had named his one of his favorite sons. It was the fourth out of ten sons, and his name was Hong Li. And he would go on to become the Emperor Qianlong. And Qianlong was a favorite of Yongzhen's father, Kangxi. And that's another reason why they believe that Yongzhen may have been named the Emperor by Kangxi, is because Kangxi liked Yongzhen's son, his grandson, Qianlong, and wanted to assure that Qianlong would someday become Emperor. So what we find with the short reign of Yongzhen is that it's sandwiched between two giants in Qing history. And I know I've not talked much about Qianlong, but I will spend the next two episodes talking about Qianlong, and I think you will agree he's another major emperor of China during the Qing dynasty. And unfortunately for Yongzhen, the succession crisis has kept him hidden or at least his accomplishments hidden. It was a peaceful period in China, so he, relatively speaking, he never really had a chance to test. He was never tested. What he did do, however, was immense and was pretty decent. He instituted civil reforms and improved tax collections. He also expanded the geographic boundaries of China, all led to better things, hopefully for the future of China and the Qing dynasty. He certainly left the dynasty no worse and arguably better than when he started. I think he was a good steward, and he might have made a good emperor had he lived long enough. The next episode, the next two episodes, I will talk about his son's long reign, Qianlong, And we'll come to the point at the end of Qianlong's reign of probably the high watermark for the Qing dynasty. So with that, I say thank you, and it's been a pleasure.